Hi everyone, welcome to Fat Niku Mum, a podcast where we share the stories of New Zealand parents who have had a baby in a neonatal unit across the country. Today we're speaking with Emma, whose third baby was their only prem baby. Um, she was born at 25 weeks and two days after Emma was uh, admitted for two weeks in the hospital antenatally. Um, she was delivered by via an emergency c-section uh she had emma not the baby had kidney disease which was brought on by her second pregnancy um preeclampsia and the start of h-e-l-l-p so quite a bit going on there they spent 124 days in the NICU so quite a long journey um yeah obviously as well really hard already having to two babies at home or two other kids at home um so yeah I will let her introduce herself and tell her story and everything and yeah let's get into it yeah sure um so I'm Emma um my partner's Joseph and we I have three children so uh my oldest is 18 now um we have a four-year-old and we have a 16-month-old actual, so she's actually 13 months corrected. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, um, yeah. So uh, she was our only prem. Um, I had a few issues with my second. My first mm-hmm. was completely, like, straightforward, like, no issues at all, which is good because I was only 19 at, the, at that stage. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I see some of the younger ones in Uniku, and I don't know how they did it at Mm. So, so young like yeah I, I just can't imagine I've been doing that when I was 19 but um yeah so with my second um I had they picked up a kidney issue with my second that I had a kidney issue which I didn't know about um mm-hmm. and that kind of made me high risk for my second straight away um right. but even then it was still relatively straight forward um yeah. I, it was only when I got to like 30 to, <clears throat> excuse me when I got to 30 weeks um then my blood pressure started not playing ball and um they yeah they were monitoring me more closely mm-hmm. and then I got I got admitted at 34 weeks with him um and they wouldn't let me go because they pretty much were saying like you you you're pretty much on the way to getting preeclampsia um Aye. but I never actually went full blown into preeclampsia with him uh, it was my kidneys really that kept me in. So they, I got admitted so they at were, They were more concerned about you than about him anyway. Yeah, pretty much. It was, it, yeah, it was about me with my second. Um, mm. uh, so yeah, so I got admitted at 34 weeks and they were like, yeah, you're not leaving. Um, so <laughs> I was there. So then they, they basically just made a plan in the first week that they were going to induce me at 37 weeks, no matter what. Um, yeah. And yeah, I got to 37 weeks. Um, and it was like I said, I never actually got preeclampsia uh, mm-hmm. with that with my second, but it was borderline. It was my kidneys that were that they were concerned about. So mm-hmm. I got induced at thirty seven weeks with him, and he was came out fine, natural, everything was good, and we were home within three days of having him. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then last year I got pregnant with my third, uh, our girl Evelyn, um, and completely different this time like as soon as I found out I was pregnant um it was like high risk blood pressure straight away all the, yeah. the fun things um so with with each of my pregnancies I don't really know I'm pregnant until I'm probably like three or four months gone um right. I don't really have any symptoms like I've never had morning sickness um anything like that so I was already sort of I think I found out in the March and then obviously she was born in the May. Um, Holy so moly. Already, yeah, so she was born at 25 weeks. So she was, oh, I was what, six months pregnant. So I would have yeah. found out that I was pregnant when I was about four months pregnant, I guess. Yeah, wow. Um, yeah, so things are already kind of, obviously without me knowing, because I was already four months gone. Yeah. Like my body was already like, my kidneys were already struggling and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I think I was about, five months pregnant when my kidney specialist basically said to me um your kidneys are working at 25 percent like if they go below 20 percent then you're gonna have to have dialysis yeah um 
so that was pretty like scary because even when I had this kidney issue like I don't have any symptoms so yeah they always ask you like do you have are you have you got headaches are you dizzy are you mm, you mm. have swelling like all the stuff like every single time I'm like no 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 so it was really hard for them to gauge and me to gauge when I was actually like bad like, having issues <laughs> yeah um, yeah but yeah so when I was 24 weeks and I think five days I had a scan um so there was a bit of an issue I didn't actually realize until I got to the scan but my midwife and the place where I have my scans at had two different um me at two different gestations right. um so my midwife was the one that was off um obviously the scanning place were the ones that were actually like correct yeah yeah um but because obviously I was going by my midwife what she mm. was telling me she's like oh you need to scan it you know around this time but then they were all the scanning place were also like ringing me and saying hey you're due for a scan so I was like okay I'm just gonna go with I'm just I'm just assuming that they were both like in cahoots with each other and they knew yeah when I was supposed to be having scans and stuff so I went for the scan and when I got there the the lady was like why are you here for your scan like you're you're 24 weeks you don't usually have a scan at 24 weeks she's mm-hmm. like you only had a scan two weeks ago and I said oh well I'm just going by what I was told um and I was kind of a bit flustered because like I don't drive or anything so you know <laughs> I yeah, it's, a, got there and I was it's like, an oh, effort to get there yeah, yeah yeah she's like she was kind of frustrated and kind of confused and then she's like you know what we'll just do it so I was like okay thank you very much and I guess within like 10 minutes of her doing it, her attitude kind of changed. And yeah. like usually when I've had scans before, they're pretty like vague, right? So they, because mm. obviously they don't want to tell you too much because they, they just look at what they look at and then they send it to the doctor or whatever. Mm. But she actually kind of started saying a little bit, a few things. And then I was like, oh, okay. And she's like, you know, you're probably going to have to have more scans more regularly by what I'm seeing here. Like my Doppler scan was showing like, not very good blood flow and things like that um mm. so she's like so you probably actually have to have start having scans every two weeks but I had a specialist appointment the next day anyway so she's like just see what your specialist says and go from there so I was like okay so I was kind of glad I did actually have that scan because it obviously was important yeah um and then because I was high risk I was having to see my specialist like every I don't know what it was every two weeks or something like that so I was going to the super clinic and um, yeah, so the next day I went for my uh, appointment and I sat in the waiting room and I just kind of just happened to look up down at my legs and I realized that my legs were swollen. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So I went into my appointment and I don't know, as soon as I walked in, I could just sense like something was wrong. Um, yeah. And kind of get the down. vibes, eh? The vibes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And there was a student, there was actually a student doctor or student nurse there as well. Mm-hmm. um she was kind of standing behind the doctor anyway so I went in there and he was like you know looking at your scan like I, I want you to go into hospital this weekend just for like close and monitoring for like 24 hours or something like that to monitor your blood pressure more regularly rather than having it checked like every you know every week I want it mm-hmm. done like regularly for 24 hours yeah so I was like yep that's fine um, and then he took my blood pressure there and he was like, and it was like through the roof and he's like, yeah. So he gave me, instantly gave me two blood pressure pills. He's like, you need to take these right now. Yeah. And he was like, you need to go to hospital tonight. Um, oh. So I was like, oh, okay. And, and then he pretty much had that talk. And for people that are listening, like if, if you've had that talk, if you're having a cream baby, like it's not a nice talk. No. And they kind of say to you like, he was like you need to think about if you have this baby in the next couple of weeks what you want to happen and I was like mm. I kind of knew what he was going to but I also mm. didn't at the same time I was kind of like huh? kind of just looking looking at him going yeah. huh? and all like all I could focus on was the student doctor behind him and mm. she looked like she was about to burst into tears like she just looked like a deer in the headlights and all I could focus on was her Mm. and I kept looking at him and he pulled his chair right close to me and I was like man this is they always do that and you're like yeah and he's like right in my face and I was like okay can we just um, like get out of my bubble please yeah like personal space like I know we're not in COVID anymore just you know two meters two meters um 
yeah so he was just like he was just saying it to me and he's like you know you need to think about what you want to happen and I was like and he could kind of see that I wasn't quite registering it so then he went mm-hmm. a bit more into detail and he's like you know do you want to do like life-saving measures and things like that and I was like uh yeah yeah like I was just yeah. like uh yeah and he's yeah. like you know and then he kind of realized and he kind of you know like tried to make it a bit more I don't know less scary for me mm. <laughs> um and he and, and, you know when you when you watch movies and things and, and and people are getting told bad news and they kind of make it seem like it they just kind of can't hear it it's like muffled noise it was mm. kind of like that I was just kind of like listening to him but I wasn't mm. listening to him I was kind of like just my mind was just going like what is happening right now um mm. and I held it together and I'm not a crier at all so I just held it together and then but as soon as I walked out I went straight into the bathroom and I just burst into tears because I was by myself yeah um and I rang my partner and I felt really bad afterwards but but I rang my partner and I said to him I need to go to hospital <clears throat> you need to finish work and meet me at home <clears throat> and um I'm gonna pack a bag and we need to go to hospital and he's like okay and then I hung up the phone I didn't explain anything else just said yeah that. yeah and then I did the same thing to my mum I rang my mum and said <clears throat> um are you able to finish work and go and look after our two-year-old because I need to go to hospital she's mm. like yeah that's fine and I hung up again so I didn't actually explain to either of them so I, who knows what they were thinking <laughs> um and so I rushed home started packing my bag and my mom came and she was watching me pack my bag and she's like, what are you doing? And I was like packing like six jumpers and like, I just wasn't really paying attention to what I was doing. <laughs> and um, all I could think about in my head was because when I was um, admitted with my second and I was there for three weeks, like mm. I had to rely on my partner to bring me clean clothes. And I was like, he never brought me the stuff that I wanted. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, I was thinking in my head, like I'm going to be there for weeks and I need all the stuff. And I was just like trying yeah. to like cram it all in. And my mom's like, just stop breathe and really think about what you actually need so then I you know focused and sorted it out and off we went um and yes I went there and we waited for like two or three hours um and my partner was like so tired at this point because it was we I think we went when we I think it was about seven o'clock at night when we got there Mm. and uh so at this point it was like 10 o'clock and we still hadn't been properly seen we're still kind of waiting to find out if we're going to be admitted or what was happening kind of thing Mm. um and I was like just go home like if it's been three hours and it's not no one's doing anything it's not obviously it's not that urgent urgent. yeah Yeah, so go home have some sleep take over from my mom so my mom can go home and um I'll, I'll let you know if anything happens so yeah good job I did because I didn't actually get admitted until one o'clock in the morning so I'd been waiting for hours and then so at that point I was like that was the Thursday and then Friday they came around did my blood tests and things like that and then a doctor from the NICU came to talk to me and he pretty much said look we want to try and get you to at least 27 weeks because I wasn't even quite 25 weeks at that point mm. um he's like you know she'll have a better opportunity if she's born at 27 weeks rather than now um mm. but he's like it's gonna be weeks not months kind of thing and I was like okay mm. um and then he said because she's a girl she has a bit of chance as well like I still don't yeah. quite understand why why no. that is but I was like, okay that's that's a good thing like at least she's a girl yeah. um <clears throat> so yes yeah, so after that after that I was like okay 27 weeks two weeks you know two weeks like we can do we're this we're gonna make it we, mm. we've got this kind of thing so my partner came and I was like two weeks. So then we hadn't actually told anyone at this point, apart from my parents and my siblings. So we told them in the March. Um, and generally with all my pregnancies, I haven't really told anyone until I was about six months pregnant. Yeah. Um, with my first, it was because I was so young and I was <laughs> petrified of telling people. <laughs> um, and then with my second, I was like, there were so many different things going on. I wanted to know exactly what was going on before I started telling people rather than having yeah. people ask me all these questions all the time. Yeah. And then obviously definitely with my third, with what was going on, I was like, no, we're definitely waiting because I don't know what's going to happen kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my parents were the only ones that knew and my, my, my two sisters and my brother. Um, and so we ended up calling my, my partner's auntie in the hospital and told her. And um, it was quite weird, actually. She'd had a dream that her and my partner had found like a bird outside and it was really sick 
And um, my partner said, look, it's got nearly no heartbeat left. I don't think it's going to make it. And uh, my, his auntie had said, look, we're going to nurture it back to health kind of thing. And um, yeah, so then she's like, that dream couldn't make sense to me, but now it does because yeah. you just told me that you- It's you, your baby, you, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of oh. like quite weird. Um, so yeah, so she we told her. So at this point, no one really knew. And mm. uh, she was like, I'll pray for you guys and let's hope you get to 27 weeks. And I was like, yeah, yeah. yep, we can yeah. do it. And then, so that was the Friday. And then that night they were like, your bloods are not doing well. Like your platelet levels are not good. Um, we're going to have to take you down to the next ward because we're going to have to kind of start thinking about prepping you for a C-section. And I was like, all right. And then they were like, it's going to be days, not weeks. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. That goes, that goes out the window then those two weeks. Um, yeah. So at this point, yeah, so it's the Friday. So I was like 24, no, 25 weeks exactly on that day. Um, so they took me down to the next ward. Like when they prepped me for a, I've never had a C-section before, but I was like so overwhelmed. Like as soon as we got down to that that room, they were like, everything was like, go. Like nurses and doctors yeah. were coming in. Catheter was going in, uh, signing forms. Like everything mm. was like going on. And I could see my partner at the corner of the room just looking so bewildered like I wasn't mm. as bewildered because I think having all the appointments and stuff like I'm kind of I was kind of more aware of like stuff that was going on with he was just kind of I think blindsided by it all yeah but and, um when the nurses actually went up to him and was like are you okay because he just looked like he just was like what the heck is going on kind of thing yeah yeah um they forget about the dad too they always forget yeah so he was like, like right in the corner the and- yeah, there were so many people around and he was just in the corner and I kept looking at him and yeah. Um, so yeah, they got me all prepped and then they were like, okay, we're just going to keep monitoring your bloods. And uh, yeah, every couple of hours they would take my bloods and they were just basically monitoring my platelet levels. That's what they were worried about is my platelet levels. Um, and so that was the Friday and then the Saturday, again, just keep on going back and forth, back and forth, checking my mm-hmm. bloods platelets were getting better okay we're just gonna wait I got some steroids obviously for baby um they're like yeah we don't know they're just kind of just umming and ahhing and by this point I was nil by now hadn't been nil by mouth since I pretty much arrived so I was like yeah. starving yeah and then they decided to restrict my water intake as well and I was like oh my gosh like being in hospital you get so thirsty and I was like I yeah just, I just want please just give me some water and they'd only give me like a little shot glass of water and I was like mm. oh my gosh um but yeah so all Saturday it was kind of like not okay you're fine like we're just going to keep keep you keep monitoring you you know so then Sunday came about and then my bloods were still kind of all over the place with the platelets and uh they gave me another set of steroids for baby and they were like we're pretty sure we're, you're going to have a c-section today like we yeah. don't want to make it so that it's actually an emergency yeah. um but we also don't want to be too hasty and give you a c-section if we can every day counts pretty much is what they're saying yeah um and then probably early afternoon they were like yeah now it's your kidneys your kidneys are shutting down and i was developing help syndrome so they're like yeah we've we've got to go yeah so i had to ring my partner because he wasn't there at that time and uh he came and then I got wheeled down and yeah it was just kind of surreal like I always said to my um so my the the year before my sister had a baby and she'd had to have a c-section and I said to my partner if we ever have another baby and I have to have a c-section just know I'm not okay because mm, c-sections mm. freak me out like yeah they just well, they're, freak me out. they're scary they're like major major surgery like yeah and and even it, I don't even know if it was a C-section as such that scared me. It was the the, the epidural, the needle in the back that was really mm. freaking me out. Um, but when I was there, when I was like on the table and I was they were doing the epidural and I was getting ready for the C-section, like I just didn't feel scared at all. I was just like, I guess a bit numb to it, maybe. I don't mm. know, but I just didn't have any fear. I was like, just do it. And I didn't even remember feeling the epidural go in. Like I was just like, just yeah just numb to it kind of thing mm. um and yeah so it all pretty much went straight forward the c-section um they ended up I ended up kind of 
I don't know if I felt it, felt it or whether it was in my mind or whether, I don't know what it was, but I kind of felt them kind of like up by my ribcage. Mm. And um, it kind of kept making me flinch because I didn't expect it. It didn't hurt, but it kind of just was uncomfortable and I kept yeah. flinching. And obviously you're not supposed to flinch when you're wide open on the table. Um, so they ended up giving me gas and air, but then they just kept it on my face and didn't take it off. And I was like batting it away. I was like, I feel like <laughs> I'm going up to space, like get it off. Oh, I felt so, I felt so woozy. I was like, far out. Um, but I, like it worked. I couldn't feel it anymore, but I was just like, whoa. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they got her out and when they got her out, they said that she, they could hear her make a little cry. I didn't hear anything, but they, they said that they'd heard her. Yeah. Um, and then they, they took her off to the NICU nurses and doctors. Like my partner talks about it sometimes, um, to people and I don't really remember it because I, all I remember is the two, the two surgeons and the anesthetist. And I don't remember anyone else in the room, but he said mm. there was like heaps of people in the room. I, I, I don't. I didn't even recall or you know, yeah, yeah. remember it. Um, and then I said to him, like, you just go with her. Like, I don't, I don't know what's happening. Mm. I don't know what's going to happen. Like, just go with her, stay with her, and then come to me later kind of thing. Mm. Um, so he off he went with her and uh, I got all sorted. And then there was kind of like a coming and houring which ward I would go to. Um, so they ended up sending me up to recovery and then I went to ICU because of my kidney issues and my, all the other stuff going on with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had my phone. I, I gave him my phone to take photos of her because he had his phone, but his camera wasn't working. So I gave him my phone. So he had no idea where I was. Like, I couldn't contact yeah. him. And even if I could, I was so out of it on different drugs. I don't think I would have anyway, but yeah. um, it just so happened like four or five hours later, the the surgeons actually went to go see Evelyn and he was there and they realized that he didn't even know where I was and hadn't seen me that whole time um so they ended up coming to find me and giving my phone and then he ended up coming to see me because we were like we were at Middlemore mm. um so the ICU was actually next to the NICU so we were you know I was so close right. to NICU so he yeah. could just pop in and out yeah um yeah so she was born at 25 weeks plus two days um 600 grams so pretty small wow. but yeah. oh no okay wait for what she was mm-hmm. um yeah and I was just because I, I I'm not really one to take painkillers or anything anyway so and they kept changing the meds that I was on because of my kidneys they were kind of like oh we shouldn't give you that we should give you this and then because I was going to be trying to like express milk and stuff they kind of yeah. changed it again so that, the, the meds as it was was kind of messing with my head and then because I kept changing it as well like I was just kind of doolally and in la la land for like mm-hmm. two days three days um so I actually didn't see her for the first 24 hours I think it was um wow. I was just too sick and out of it pretty much yeah. um and it was probably maybe just a bit over 24 hours actually and I remember like the day I did actually go and see her my partner actually wasn't there and I got wheeled down to see her and there's a photo of me actually that the the nurse took and I can just it makes me sad every time I look at it actually because I look at my eyes and my eyes just look there's just I just look like there's nothing in my eyes like I just look Mm. so out of it um just looking at her and I remember I kind of remember it like I just remember looking at her going she's just so small like obviously you know they're going to be small but when you yeah when you actually actually see see them them. and then all the wires and at that point she was on um CPAP so when she was born she was actually self-ventilated for a little while and then she went she went on to CPAP that's really good Um, for 25 weeks yeah um and so just seeing like the CPAP all over her little face and just Mm -hmm. like not touching her because she was so so fragile um we pretty much didn't touch her for um a little while and yeah just like seeing her by myself without my partner there but also like just being so out of it I was just like every time I look at that photo it just makes me sad um but it was nice I'm I'm glad the nurse took it but it yeah it just makes me sad when I look back on it um but yes so she she did pretty well but there was very touch and go for the first I'd say week but the Mm. those first two days three days were pretty like touch and go and 
I always feel a bit guilty about it actually because obviously I was so out of it I was just so out of it and it was my partner that pretty much sat with her all night all day and Mm. like I said like sometimes when I hear him talk about it I don't actually I forget like how intense and how scary it actually was like because obviously Mm. I was just completely out of it I couldn't um be there for her or him and yeah it would have been scary for him like potentially losing the both of you exactly and uh the only good thing about it was there was a there was a few of the dads from the different spaces around when Evelyn was there yeah and they actually like made the effort to talk to him and Mm. um kind of befriended him so he kind of had someone to talk to and we actually had a really really good nurse she was probably like one of our favorite nurses and she was just like she had like really good banter with him and she just kind of kept him a bit sane I think in those first few days but um yeah that first couple of weeks were pretty bad like uh the doctor had to be called in from home a few times for her because she gave them all a bit of a scare um so she she ended up having so she was on CPAC for not that long and then she had to go into the vent ventilator because she was struggling um and she ended up being on the ventilator for quite a while actually and she was just so fragile like they didn't they didn't want to touch her unless they needed to because everything even sound was like they used to put like a little cloth over her ears yeah um, because the sound of other babies crying or you know would just just set her off and her stats yeah. just go all over the place and yeah she's yeah. probably in one of the darkest spaces in the NICU um because of that reason like limited light limited mm. sound like mm. yeah well you yeah, think was... she's meant to only be 26 weeks so she's only she's meant to be in this like dark exactly womb exactly where you can't hear anything and there's no direct yeah. light and yeah it would have been yeah. quite overwhelming for for a tiny yeah, baby it was it really was and like it, it's kind of such a weird thing as well like when you have a baby that's small the NICU and you can hear all the other babies that are bigger crying mm. and because she she didn't cry like because she was just yeah. so little like yeah it was only really when she came off the ventilator and went on to CPAP that we kind of started hearing little little bits of a cry yeah um yeah. And even then it was kind of just like a little whimper, not really a mm. cry. Mm. Um, but I think that was probably one of the, the harder bits, like you're sitting there and you, you you listen to all these other babies around her crying and things like that. And mm. yeah, she's just so little. But she was she was kind of well looked after by the nurses. I think she was probably, I think she, at the time she was the smallest one there right. uh, on the on the ward. And um yeah all the nurses were like rooting for her and they'd all come and check on her and see how she was and yeah it was really it was really good like I can't fault the nurses they were so so good to us and um yeah 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 they made it a lot easier I mean, it's it still wasn't easy but they made it a bit more bearable yeah um, being in there yeah. and a bit less scary yeah and and you know like like I said we had that one nurse that was there from the very start and she kind of just made it feel like more normal you know mm. less 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 medical and more yeah like on a personal level like talk to you like about other stuff like yeah about our other kids about other things like it wasn't just all about the medical jargon and yeah all yeah. that kind of stuff which I know some people really do look like that and obviously we need to know that stuff but it's just nice to be able to go in there and have a conversation because we couldn't have any visitors at it. so that was in May last year mm. and um she was in there till September and yeah they didn't have I don't know what it's like now but they they weren't allowed visit they weren't allowing visitors in there yeah. apart from parents yeah um Hard so day. it was just the two yeah yeah but how was her overall journey after those first kind of rough um couple weeks I think the first couple of months were kind of just like for for the gestation that she was she actually did really really well um yeah yeah, she like obviously she had her her ups and downs but she was on the vent for a while and then when she went to CPAP she was on CPAP for quite a while as well so she was having to have oxygen for a long time yeah um 
but once she came onto CPAP, she was a lot more stable. Um, like when she was on the ventilator. So she was nine days old, I think, when I when I first got to hold her. Wow. And and it it took four of them to put her on me because I don't know if you've ever seen the ventilator, but like it's it's all attached to her. So they've got to hold the wire so it's not pulling on her mm. head. And then one of them's got to hold her. Then one of them's got to check the machine. So it's not just like a simple thing. You've got to have four no. different people holding yeah, on to yeah. um because she was on the vent, like they, you know, like her stats would just be all over the place all the time. So mm-hmm. um so yeah, so when she was born, obviously she was born so early, her lungs obviously weren't developed that well. So she's got chronic lung disease. Um and the she had like a bit of a opening in her heart valve. Um which they give medication for and over time it, it closed um, mm-hmm. as much as they think it has. Um, and then at some point they thought that she might have ROP in one of her eyes. Um, mm-hmm. But then when we left Neku, her eyes, she passed her eye test. Mm-hmm. Um, she had probably about four or five blood transfusions while we were in there um, wow. for lower hemoglobin and anemia. Um <clears throat> But yeah, generally she was pretty, pretty stable. Uh, well, after the first sort of month or so, she was stable. Like she was still pretty sensitive to touch and like and yeah. things yeah. like that. Um, but overall, like she was just kind of plodding along. Like I used to hear when I was in like the the parent room or in the waiting room because obviously we had to do a COVID test before we were allowed to go into the ward. So you had to yeah. wait like. I don't know, 15 minutes before you're allowed to end. So you, you get to hear people talking to people and you get to hear different conversations of people on the ward. And mm-hmm. um, like when you hear the things that they're going through, you're like, we're, we're doing pretty well compared yeah, to what yeah. some people are going through. Like there were some pretty tragic things that were happening and it just made us so much more grateful for what we had and what she was going through compared to others on the ward that, their babies are older but there was still a lot more things going on for them than there mm-hmm. were for her pretty much I mean obviously not to discount the fact that she was going through some stuff as well but you know we didn't have half the stuff that a lot of other people did so yeah we were quite grateful yeah. for that yeah and how was it um having your older kids at home it was hard um my older one was uh he would have been 17 at the time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 17. So he was pretty much just, uh, you know, he's a teenager. So he was out <laughs> about doing his own thing. I mean, obviously it affected him a little bit, but he never really showed it. Um, yeah. And he helped out. He helped a lot with our two-year-old. Because yeah. um, at that time, our two-year-old wasn't in kindy or anything. So uh, we were kind of just having to, like, make childcare work between my partner my son, my mom, my sister, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, just kind of like juggling it a little bit, and um, and then after like six weeks, my partner went back to work, and so we ended up putting my son into a kindy, and I felt really guilty about it at the time, but then I actually felt really grateful that he was having fun all day and yeah. wasn't getting shipped from person to person, and he didn't know what was going on and things yeah, like that. Yeah, he gets that like stability of seeing the same yeah, people exactly. every day same routine <clears throat> yeah exactly and um so I was in hospital myself for two weeks after I had her because like they just couldn't figure me out because obviously when you have preeclampsia once like the whole point of them getting the baby out is so that's to stop your it body, to stop it right um yeah my body my body actually got worse um Gosh. and I think it was the kidneys obviously not so much the preeclampsia I don't think um so I was kind of like on the maternity ward and they were looking after me, but they were kind of like, obviously it was my kidney. So they were like, we, we don't really know what to do. So then mm-hmm. different specialists would come in and talk to me and they're just kind of umming and ahhing. And then eventually I was like, when, when can I go home kind of thing? And the doctor kind of was a bit taken back and he kind of got a bit annoyed and he's like, so you want to go home then? And I was like, well, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to go home. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to go home if I'm sick. Cause this is the thing, like, I felt okay in myself like obviously yeah. I'd had a c-section so I was tired and, and things like that but in relation to my kidneys like 
I felt fine like I wasn't really yeah. ill I, I didn't feel ill kind of thing but obviously yeah. I was really sick um and so I was like I don't want to go home if I'm if I'm if I'm sick you know don't send mm. me home if I'm sick I just want to know a plan because yeah. every day I'm told like you should be going home tomorrow no two days three days like I'm just in limbo the whole time like I want to know mm. what's happening Mm. um so he's like we'll talk about it and then I ended up going home two days later and then I was like so sad <laughs> I was like bawling and I was like I don't want to go home because obviously like when you're in hospital you can just walk go down, down to, to Nicu Nicu. yeah and and see baby whatever whenever kind of thing yeah yeah and then when I actually got home when I was actually going home I was like uh, uh no I don't want to go home now um mm. but anyway I was actually really glad to actually get home like I wasn't sleeping very well in hospital and it's good to see my son both my sons and then being with my partner and just have like a nice meal and sleep with my yeah a little bit and... of normality yeah exactly um and then yeah just did the commute to Niku every day mm-hmm. um yeah so for those two weeks obviously my my two sons hadn't seen me at all because obviously not mm-hmm. a lot of visitors in hospital mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. so when I got home after two weeks I just yeah I just wanted some kind of routine for us all because it was just especially for my younger son my two-year-old because I was like he hasn't seen me for two weeks and now I'm going to be gone all day so yeah it was really good that he got to go to kindy um yeah and then we just kind of rotated weekends kind of thing and then I think it was probably about two months in, like with her being born two months uh I just kind of was getting really burnt out because I was going early coming home late and I I didn't even though I kind of had a routine, I really didn't at the same time. Like I was yeah. just doing long days and my mental health was not coping very well. And I, yeah. and I, was, I was pumping this whole time as well. Like the pumping was just out of this world, kind of like I wasn't getting much anyway. So it was just this whole mental struggle of different things. Mm. Um, and so eventually I said to my partner, like I need to figure out what I'm doing. So then I, I made the conscious effort to be home for dinner at least four times a week for my son to put him to bed to go to bed early myself to have a yeah. shower to do all yeah. those kind of normal things um and then I said to my partner like one day at the weekend I want to stay home you 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 can go by yourself and I'll stay home and I'll look after the two-year-old mm. and I'll just do normal stuff so I did chores and things like that because I was just like I just need respite for one yeah. day of the week where I don't need to go in and and sometimes I did go in but sometimes I didn't and it was nice for me to have that time with my younger son and just do normal stuff and it was also nice for my partner to be at the hospital by himself having some alone time with her yeah. without me yeah. just hovering there all the time obviously um, it's important um, to be there for her but at the same time you have to put yourself first and you have to make exactly. sure that you're and, and, doing well and that yeah, you're getting exactly. what you need yeah and at the time she was she was really stable so mm. I wouldn't have done it if if she'd still been like up and down up and down but she was mm. pretty stable and on the days that she wasn't I would stay longer and I would go in on the weekends um and then we kind of got sick a few times during her stay in Niku so that meant that maybe a couple of days I didn't go in because I was sick mm. and then mm. the next week my partner would get it so he wouldn't go in so yeah there were a few few hard times where we actually didn't go to see her at all for a few days because we were both sick or whatever and then mm. we didn't want to give it to her um but generally one of us was always there so yeah, yeah. and so how long was she in the unit for so she in, in total she was in hospital for 124 days wow uh i think she was in Niku until like the actual like Niku till August and then right. she went to Skibu. So she was in Skibu for about six weeks and then we went home. Um, How long before her so due was... date or around her due date did she come home? So her due date was the 2nd of September and we came, she came home on the 25th of September. So I think it was about right. three weeks after her due yeah. date. They, yeah. they, actually, they actually did tell me, uh, I think it was like the week of her due date that she could go home. But they just tested her off her high flow. So after CPAP, she went on to uh, low flow. And 
they tested her off low flow, like just self-ventilating, and she'd been doing really well for 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, she just didn't cope at all. Like she yeah, was just yeah. the, the machine was going all over the place, and I was like literally just transported two months previous previously. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that that feeling that you get when the monitors are going crazy. And I was like, I haven't felt this for a few months and I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, and then the next day they were like, yeah, so, and then she went back on low flow. And then the next day they were like, yeah, so you can, you can go home in the next few days. And I was like, no, I'm not going <laughs> home yet. I'm not going home yet. Like I was thinking in my head, like, She's I, not was, ready. Yeah. I was like, waiting. I was like, so mad at myself. Cause I was like, you know, the goal is that we wanted to get home and now they're telling me she can go home. And I'm like, I'm not ready for this because she hadn't really established the bottle by then properly because I just kind of given up breastfeeding because it was just, it was too hard. She was too tired. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't getting much anyway. And I was like, let's just go completely to bottle. Yeah. But even then she wasn't taking much. So she had the NG tube. So she was taking a little bit in the bottle and then the rest through the tube. Um, And then obviously with the, the low flow like she went back on low flow and I was like there's just too much stuff going on like she's just gone yeah. back onto low flow her bottles are not established yet I don't I don't feel comfortable going home yet like I almost burst into tears when they told me I was like nope I'm not going home yeah I was yeah. like can we just wait so we so they waited a couple of more weeks um and I felt more confident then um, and I think that's really it, important as well to know that you're not or she's not ready rather than forcing yeah. her home and I think as well, like, I don't know if it's the same for other people, but like, so we went from NICU to Skaboo. So that day that she moved to Skaboo, I I kind of knew it was coming that she was going to be going to Skaboo soon, but I turned up and they're like, okay, we're going to Skaboo today. I was like, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> right. That's good. Like, that's good. Awesome. But I was kind of like taken aback. Like, you know, it was so like, okay. So we went to Skaboo and then everything kind of just, I don't know, when you get to Skaboo, I think it lots of things different lots of different things change like it just gets mm. more quicker and and, and yeah. you're more you're expected to be more independent with them which is fine but it's just a lot of change all of a sudden yeah. Yeah. um and I think she'd only been in Skavu like maybe three weeks when they were saying that she could go home and I was like yeah no I'm not that ready <laughs> yeah, um yeah and so yeah so the next couple of weeks we just worked on her bottle feeds and once she went back onto low flow, she was fine. She didn't really have any kind of any blips on the monitor again after that. So they were like, mm-hmm. okay, she's like, she's obviously going to go home on oxygen then. And I was like, that's fine. Like, so I know that she's going to do that um, and I can prepare for it and I can mm. see how it's going to work with her being on low flow. Mm. And then, you know, like working out how to do the feeding tube and the bottles and things like that. And so by the time that she said like, hey, let's think about rooming in and I was like okay yep I'm confident to do that now let's do it so um yeah we went into the rooming in room um and I was meant to be there a few days and I ended up being in there a week um (laughs) which I was kind of like annoyed about because I hate hospital and then Mm -hmm. having to stay there for a week is just like oh my gosh and it's like I I don't know about everyone else but I hated rooming in it feels so like restrictive and but you're still I, like having to check in. Oh, I didn't like it. Yeah, like I kind of liked it in the fact that it was more private <clears throat> than being in like the, the main skipper ward. But I also didn't like it because you just kind of, you, again, you kind of just feel like you're in limbo. You don't really know what yeah. you're supposed to be doing. Like, yeah. are you independent or are you or are you relying on the nurses? Uh, yeah. And then like you get some nurses that were like totally hands off, which was fine. But then you get other nurses that were completely hands-on. So it was so confusing, mm. like, what to do. And um, mm. I was still trying to pump at this point. And I was, like, I was getting to the point where I was, like, I'm I'm, I'm done. I don't want to mm. do this anymore. Like, it's just mm. too hard. I'm not getting hardly anything for my effort. And then having to feed her with the bottle and the tube as well. And I was, yeah. like, yeah. my whole my whole day is just focused on feeding her. Feeding. And, mm. and I, I can't cope with it anymore. Um. But yeah, so the reason we ended up staying a bit longer was because um, she ended up getting sick. So <laughs> she got some kind of virus in the hospital. Um, so then obviously because she's on oxygen, they wanted to monitor a bit closer and, and I was fine with that. I don't want to take home when she was sick. Yeah. Um, and then the day that we were meant to go home, we obviously 
the auction was meant to be delivered and it wasn't delivered until later in the afternoon. So obviously they're not going to send us home when we don't have oxygen at home. Yeah. So it's just kind of that last day was just the longest day. And then we couldn't get hold of the people that were doing the oxygen. And then I had the (sighs) the nurse manager sorting it out and she was getting irate with them. And yeah, frustrating. And then my partner was waiting at home, like, what's going on? Like, do I come in? Do I not? I'm like, I yeah. can't come in until the auction's there kind of thing. Um, and eventually we ended up leaving that day, but it wasn't until about 7 o'clock at night. And I was like, Gosh. I'm just so irate. Like, I just want to go home. I don't want to mm. stay another night. Mm. Um, yeah, so we ended up going home that night. And my son was up, my older son, my 17-year-old. So he got to meet her for the first time. And uh-huh. obviously my my two-year-old was in bed so like we'll have to do it in the morning yeah um and he was so my two-year-old was so excited because obviously I'd been in there for a week yeah um and so when he woke up in the morning he came like running into my room at like I don't know what crazy time it was like 5 a.m in the morning or something and he stopped in his tracks because he saw me and obviously I hadn't been home and um he's like hi and then Evelyn she was in the basket next to the bed and she made a noise and he was like (gasps) and he looked and he was like baby because like, yeah. obviously he was only two so I before I'd gone to hospital and had her I was, we were kind of trying to like say to him like hey mom's gonna have a baby we yeah kind of yeah talking about the baby and things yeah. like that but then because I was 25 weeks like I didn't really show and then we didn't really get to that point so mm. when I went when 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 I went into hospital we didn't really actually tell him what was going on because we didn't actually know what was going to happen and yeah he didn't understand anyway he wouldn't understand anyway and he might get sad and confused about having a baby in hospital and not being able to see yeah. it so yeah for like four months or whatever it was yeah four months um he didn't he didn't know he had a little sister <laughs> until <laughs> until we came home and he was yeah. like besotted with her but um yeah it was kind of like an odd thing to have a baby and then not be able to share her with her siblings and stuff Mm, yeah yeah hard but how is she doing now she's good so she is 17 months actual now um yeah yeah she's just plodding along like she she came off uh oxygen oh well she pretty much she came home on oxygen and a feeding tube but she didn't really use the feeding tube um and she only used it for the first couple of days and then she didn't use it but they they didn't want to take it out um yeah so after two weeks it fell out <laughs> um <laughs> and uh we never looked back so she was fine with the bottle feeds and then oxygen I think she came off it after four months of being home <clears throat> oh, yeah. yeah um they tried it a few times to take her off it but she just she didn't cope very well yeah. with it yeah just needed to be a bit older I guess um yeah so, so now she's she's good she's Hitting a few milestones. She's still not walking yet, but that's that's all good. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she's pretty happy, pretty healthy. I mean, she gets sick. Like all babies get sick with don't yeah. know the virus is going around. Yeah, especially um, probably, with older siblings. Yeah, exactly. I think it probably takes her a bit longer to come around after being sick, but yeah. generally, like she hasn't had to be like admitted to hospital or good, good. go to the doctors or anything like that, which is which is really good considering. Yeah she's got chronic disease and yeah the start that she had um but yeah she's pretty pretty good pretty happy um and how are you yeah I'm good I'm good um I still get my uh get demonitored every couple of months um yeah yeah but I feel fine in myself but I've always felt fine in myself so yeah yeah it's not reassuring no no it's kind of I guess it's it's a weird thing. Like I don't want to feel sick, but in a way I kind of do because I want to. You want to know that you're sick. That I know that I'm sick. You know, like I that I need to look look after myself more, or I need to go see a doctor, or you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably the most frustrating thing being in hospital. Like, probably for the doctors more than me. That they were like, "Are you feeling this? Are you doing? Are you feeling this?" I'm like, "Nope." Nope, nope. They're like, well, your bloods are telling us something completely different. Yeah. And um, I remember. I remember I think it was like my second week in hospital uh I'd gone down to NICU and I knew I was due a blood test but I was like you know I kind of lost track of time I think and I Mm -hmm. didn't really care to be honest (laughs) um 
and so I was in NICU for ages and ages and ages and one of the doctors came looking for me all frantically to give me a blood test and uh she's like how are you even walk how are you even walking around the hospital like you should be so sick right now I was like yeah no she's like you need to come have a blood test I was like can we just do it here so she's like well you can't do it in here because obviously everyone's face was like pitch black so yeah. like, I'll just sit in, I'll just sit in the hallway of the of the spaces she's like okay so I sat in the wheelchair in the middle and I just put my arm out and all the nurses like gasped because like I had bruises all over my arms because like I had the blood test like two or three times a day um yeah and I had and then obviously I'd, I'd had the IV line in and yeah um some other stuff so I just literally just put both my arms out and I was like choose a spot and the nurses were like oh my god I was like I actually don't care like just do it like I was just sitting in the middle hurry of up there. I want to go back in the yeah. room I was just like sitting in the middle of NICU like parents are walking past me I was like I don't care just get it over and done with so I can go back but yeah the nurse was like how are you even walking around you need to go upstairs and rest I was like yeah I'm, like I'm not walking around on here I am resting I'm sitting down yeah like, yeah I'm not running a marathon or anything you know <laughs> um yeah. but yeah yeah that was probably the most frustrating thing was I just don't didn't feel sick but I actually mm. really was sick yeah well I'm glad that you're both doing really well um yeah thank you so much for sharing your story with us that's all right thank you for having me yeah so that was Eva uh no Emma's story with Evelyn um yeah so she was Emma was really really sick um which is a bit bit scary like we we talked about a bit scary for her partner not knowing what was going to happen both to her and to their baby because obviously Evelyn being so small was also quite um touch and go for a while so yeah really um really scary situation for everyone and obviously then not being at home with her other kids just yeah so they did really well to make it through that for as long as they did 124 days long long time um she had a lot of diagnoses didn't she <laughs> not Evelyn again Emma Emma was the sick one but yeah so I hope you guys enjoyed that episode um so I'm actually we're recording this on the 26th of October but the day it's going live is the 29th of November which is my 30th birthday so I hope you enjoyed this episode happy birthday to me <laughs> and oh one other thing so from next week onwards, um, the first week of December, we are dropping down to one episode a week, just over December and January, over like the, the holiday period. Um, I've talked about this on my Instagram, but I think, I'm not sure if I'm going to do just Wednesday or just Saturday. I might do Saturdays. Um, yeah, just one episode a week, just for that, you know, really busy period. So we will get back into two episodes from February. But yeah, um, you can follow us on Instagram at that Nikumam for for all the updates and um, everything to see all the other stories that we've already had, to see what's coming up, um, see behind the scenes, everything like that. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will chat again soon. Bye. <laughs>